0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, Give this person your place. And in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit down at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited them, him, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return, and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Invite the children to come up for the children's message. All right, let's pray. Our good and gracious God, we give you thanks for this day. We're glad we could be outside for worship. We know rain is important, but it's good to have a small break so we can do a few things. We give thanks for this weekend as we honor all those different occupations and professions. Um, we have all been given many, many different skills, and we, you know that all of them are given for one purpose, to serve our fellow brothers and sisters. And so we give thanks for the joy that comes when our gifts are wanted and used, and pray that you will bless us. Bless our nation. It's been a weekend of grieving... For Aretha Franklin and all that, what, seven-hour worship service was magnificent and good music and inspiring. And then Senator John McCain has been on our news for days and honored and talking about what a service he had for this country. And it's been a joyful time to see our nation pulling together as one and honoring in a positive manner. We pray, Lord, that that could continue and that the spirit of uh, unity and of celebration could um, permeate all that we do uh, in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Let mutual love continue, and do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so you may entertain angels without knowing it. You know who can really teach us about hospitality? Dottie Long. She's not here today, but Dottie Long's spiritual gift on the top of the charts, I think, with exclamation points, is hospitality. Our adult education director, she had, years ago, a milestone birthday party. I won't tell you what number it was, but it was at her home. Her birthday, and she threw the party. Flowers were everywhere, as you could imagine. There were trays full of fresh fruits and fresh vegetables, jumbo shrimp, and there were wee bread sandwiches and cheeses and petite eclairs and cream puffs. Oh, everything was way too tempting. And I love the festivity that was in the air. She loves to entertain. But this exceptional But the exceptional addition to that feast wasn't just the food, but it was kind of the soul food she gave each one of us personally by making the 25 women she had invited, a few of her closest friends, uh, to come to be thanked. And she gave a description to each one of us as to why she was thankful for us. It was kind of a reverse birthday party. She'd say to one woman, please stand up to her. And she'd say, we've been through tough times together and you were always there for me. Or she'd say to another, you've been an inspiration for courage and strength in my life. Or she'd say to another, we always shared the love of the beach in the summertime on vacations. Or name tags would describe every various other um, gifts that these women had given to Dottie. There was the girls group name tag. There was the high school teaching days when Dottie was teaching herself. There was the Forever Friends name tags. There were the doll babies, these are the nieces and relatives of Dottie. There's the neighbors from recent moves women. And then my section. (laughs) Unexpected gifts. I guess that's a pretty good thing to be, I guess. Unexpected gift. Not just a feast to eat we were, we women, but we were all the people who had lifted her up in some ways, and now she reversed it and lifted us up. Her hospitality was amazing to us on her birthday. Now, this type of hospitality is very welcoming, but the author of Hebrews in today's reading ups the ante by specifying another group of Christians to add to our lists, saying, don't neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Strangers, for by doing this you may entertain angels unaware. Well, what is all about this hospitality today? It's a very strong law in the Old Testament, you may know. It really was a requirement for survival in many instances. There were, a few, there were a few red roof inns in those days in the Old Testament when the prophets were roaming around and the itinerant Jews during their desert travels. And travel was also very risky in those days. There were robbers and there were the dry sands and no water and there were hungry animals looking for their dinner, which you could have been. So it was considered part of the covenant promises that God gave the chosen people to supply food and drink and hospitality and shelter to strangers. And once, this is an extra fact, once you had had a meal, you may know this, with someone in their tent and had been invited in in the Old Testament, you were responsible for that person until the food had cleared from their digestive tract, so to speak. So they were not just there for the meal, you were responsible for them for at least a day or two more. Exodus 22 says to the Jewish tribes, do not wrong the stranger or oppress him, for you were strangers once in the land of Egypt. In other words, once you've been dependent and powerless yourself, you owe it to the next guy or gal in the same boat to respond positively. And the sense of caring for strangers may have an interesting surprise as well. As you know, I'm sure Abraham once welcomed three strangers inside his tent. He feeds them, not recognizing them as God's angels, who then announced to him, you are about to bear a son, and his name is Isaac. And Abraham was, oh, 90 years old or so. So was Sarah, the mother-to-be. This is the classic story which Hebrews quotes when they say, you may entertain an angel unaware. Jesus challenges us again in Luke's gospel to invite the poor, the lame, the crippled, and the blind when we have a wedding banquet. Those who are beggars cannot pay us back, and they are the target audience. This type of sacrificial love and open hospitality is pleasing to God, and models his own style of loving us. I have been just doing two counseling sessions for two couples that are about to be married, and I was thinking how interesting it would be to see if any of them were inviting or would be willing to invite a couple strangers to enjoy their wedding and the banquet and the place in the restaurant. I didn't ask, (laughs) but it would be kind of jarring for us to think about that to bring in some homeless people, some people who were having hard times, and invite them to the festivities, and even put them at the head table. And yet that's the challenge God is giving to us. I recall a story about a creative form of hospitality as well with complete strangers. A Florida woman heard statistics about a small community in Barrow, Alaska. The teen suicide rate was high. Drugs were rampant. Kids were depressed and bored. So she got a wild idea. Football. Football would bring the community together. It would give them some spirit and some hope. She had never met these kids in Alaska, but she found the resources to deliver by plane a blue and gold tartan turf official football field. She dropped it right on the shores of the Arctic Ocean outside of Barrow. The townies were hired to build the stadium. A team began to form, and they called themselves the Whalers. But their coach was in shock. Who does such a thing? The whole town was turned out for the game, their first game, and in the last seconds, the poor, underpracticed, humble whalers pulled out a touchdown. And Karen Parker, the mystery donor, was there. They'd named the stadium after her. They were united forever in a bond of mutual love. Kids began to believe in themselves and their potential. They were the angels unaware to Karen Parker, a gift to her as much as her gracious sharing was to them. You see, sharing our wealth and our influence and our time with the poor has a good effect on us. A relationship forms that makes a claim on us and teaches us about ourselves. But the fact that we've been overlooking this morning is in God's eyes, we're all beggars, right? We are all beggars. Luther certainly agreed, good old Martin Luther, that you and I are totally dependent on God's banquet of mercy and love and grace each and every day, no matter how much money we make. Spiritual maturity is something that comes when we give of, give of ourselves and admit that we are totally dependent on God alone. Think about it. We just did this all with our hospitality month here. Many of you thank you for bringing foods and staying overnight with our guests here. We had some challenging times and, and the choir came out with a big banquet and then we had hardly anybody show until one of the pregnant women came. It's never, um, never very dependable, but you do learn about yourselves and how complicated the lives are for some of the people that we don't know in our community. Think about it. How did Jesus support himself? Did he have a job outside of preaching? No. His disciples were called to follow him, but they also had to leave their jobs. Fishermen, tax collectors, their careers were dropped. They, too, had no source of income. William Willemann, Methodist bishop, recalls this. Jesus was a beggar, right? His meals came from other people taking him in with his followers. And Willemond continues with this story. A man came to me once, he said. Preacher, I want to tell you that if anybody comes to the church and asks for money for food, you give them that money and let me know. I'll pay the church back. You see, I once was hungry, said the man, and that is the worst situation in the world. I swore to God that if I ever got my feet back on the ground and made money, any money, I would do what I could to make sure that nobody in this town went hungry. They say it takes one to know one. But you know the truth is we are the beggars saved by the gracious undeserved hospitality of a God who sets out a free banquet for us every day. A banquet of hope and prayers that are heard, and miracles that arise, and new jobs that come, and new relationships that form in the most unexpected ways. Then our Lord adds to us this saying, you are so special to me. Like Dottie Long might have said once, welcome to the banquet, my forever friends. Welcome to the party, says our Lord. He comes to us and asks us to stay a while. Are you willing to be part of this family, says our Lord? Are you willing to take the risk to be a part of the kingdom of God? Then stay, beggars that you are. I will set you free and I will give you the kingdom. Amen.